Corey and Mike are back with another episode of Back to Debbie. We just wrapped up the regular season of college football. Today will be our first episode on the transfer portal. We're talking potential assets that are already in, portal rumors, a few players we want to see hit the portal, uh, and some players we want to see elevate the, their game from going G5 to P5. Um, and as always, Corey with the news. Uh, Mike, I did just want to ask you, though, uh, how, was your, how was your holiday weekend, though, man? It was a big weekend for you guys over there. There was college fantasy playoffs, obviously. Uh, you guys had your Thanksgiving football, and I know you Americans love to eat and uh, look for any excuse to celebrate that, right? Yeah, 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 we do. We love to eat. Um, but, you know, it wasn't the best. I'm going to be straight with you. It wasn't the best. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, my mom tried to switch it. Okay, first off, we're Italian, so we like to cook. My mom switches it up last minute. She's like, She's texting the kids. She's like, you guys want to switch up the dessert this year? And I'm like, no. Absolutely. Why would you even ask me that question? Like, we're doing apple pie, you know? And uh, she hits me with, you know, a store-bought apple pie. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is this, you know? And then I look around the room. We got store-bought mashed potatoes, store-bought mac and cheese. You know, I just couldn't believe it. And, like, once, once dinner rolled around, I called her out in front of everybody. I'm like, yo, mom, I saw the store-bought apple pie. I'm like, what's going on? And then she let me know. She said, well, someone down the street told me that the bottom of my crust gets soggy. I I would break an old person's foot for her. I really would. I would I would break their foot. I would take their life alert and I walk away. I can't believe they said that to my mom to where they ruined my Thanksgiving apple pie. All right. And, you know, uh, I, I dodged the political questions very well. My dad hits me with the, uh, Mike, what do you think about the Georgia right now? And I'm like, but they got one hell of a football team. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we're giving our, what we're thankful for we're going around the table. Um, my wife let me know that next time I should not lead with that. I'm thankful for Barry and Brown's commitment to Kentucky. So <laughs> that's I'll a good be one. Fixing that. I'll be, yeah. yeah well, good job. Stoops. But anyway, <laughs> I'm thankful for them. But, uh, you know, but the mac and cheese though, that was store ball was actually fire. So Costco mac and cheese. Good job. But that was, uh, that was my weekend. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, obviously Canada celebrates their Thanksgiving back in October, so I'm well past that. This just means a weekend of a lot of football for me. So I was pretty happy watching all the college and, and uh, NFL on Thursday and everything. So uh, it was a it was a decent weekend of football for me. That's that's how it should be because like it should be a crime to see my family twice in a 30 day span. I just that's just too much. And during football, man, you're asking me to do all these things when we've got NFL football on or whatever. I don't want to do nothing, man. I just want to watch the games. Don't make me sit down and have a dinner and everything. Like I don't want to do that. So yeah, I just want to see the Lions every single year get close to winning <laughs> and then always fail. But I, I they're always yeah. it's good football. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. My Vikings usually play, so that's always good. But anyways, let's let's oh, get yeah. over to the to the news all over right. over here. Um, I am going to start off by saying that. Uh, we're going to be getting into the transfer portal in in this show. So I'm going to be leaving out any recent entries to the portal, any kind of rumors. We're going to discuss that later. Um, so just going to, to, to the, the, the basics here. Um, Clemson wide receiver Bo Collins re-injured his shoulder. He's going to be going for surgery. He's probably going to miss any games that they have left for the remainder of the season. That's, disappointing for a guy that we are kind of shaky on for his value we're not really sure where to put him he's ranked pretty highly for a lot of people but we've been kind of discussing how maybe we kind of want to move him down a little bit so uh we'll see how he heals from that you can't throw in the ball anyway so 
No, exactly. So, yeah, we're definitely hoping for better things this year. Um, going on to some draft declarations that we had from this past week, we got Jaden Hasselwood, wide receiver from Arkansas, um, former number one wide receiver in his class, I believe, like four years ago at this point. Didn't really do much this year after transferring to, to Arkansas. Not somebody I'm totally in on. Um, we also had Trey Palmer, wide receiver for Nebraska, uh, declared for the draft. Had a great season for Nebraska, formerly of LSU, um, transferred to Nebraska last year and really broke out over a thousand yards of speedster. Um, and then we also have Tavian Thomas, uh, running back at Utah. Um, I think he was out of eligibility. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe, so I don't know if this was, he had to declare for the draft anyways, but I was kind of surprised uh, if he did have another year left that he would go and do this because he kind of had like a shaky year this year, good year last year. This year was kind of shaky on and off the field when they were giving it to him, he wasn't very efficient. So, so that was a weird, um, if I had to pick one of this group that I like the most, it's probably going to be Trey Palmer. Um, you know, with the breakout over a thousand yards, uh, over nine touchdowns, multiple games over 150 yards. So I think he's really going to draw the attention of NFL teams at the combine with his speed. Got some solid size to him too. So um, if you had to pick one from these three, do you have any that you that you kind of like? Uh, Trey Palmer, uh, honestly, with Jaden Hazelwood though, like I, I kind of forgot he existed. I had to look up his stats. I was like, <laughs> what did he do this year? He had like 700 yards, and I really. If I had a guess, I would have said he had like 400 yards on the season. So I was kind of surprised to see him at 700. But uh, Trey Palmer did have a good year at uh, Nebraska there. I'm not really sure what his Debbie future is. I, I think he's more like a day three guy. Um, but I, I'm not really confident either of the other two guys even get drafted. So uh, Trey Palmer for me. Yeah, that's a good call there. Um, heading over to the coaching carousel that's starting to go on in college. You've got three new hires to talk about here. Um, Auburn decided to go and hire the ever-polarizing Hugh Freeze as his new head coach, um, pulling him away from Liberty, where he won at least eight games every year uh, while he was there. And he does now return to the Power Five. And if anybody kind of remembers, this is a guy who had a lot of off-field issues, kind of texting escorts and stuff like that. So we'll see what kind of shakes up from here. Maybe he can keep his nose clean and hopefully get a new beginning in the Power Five here. Um Heading over to uh, former Cincinnati head coach Luke Fickle is actually heading to the Power Five as well, and he's going to become the new head coach for the Wisconsin Badgers after multiple years of success there with the Bearcats. And former head head coach of the Carolina Panthers in the NFL, Matt Rule, is returning to the college ranks, taking over the Nebraska job. We last saw Rule in the NCAA leading the Baylor Bears to an 11-1 regular season record with an offense that was ranked in the top 30. So although his short tenure in the NFL kind of left an ugly impression about him as a coach, he's actually had some good success at the college level. So you should probably be excited about this hire if you were a Nebraska fan. Uh, Now, if you want some more in-depth analysis on these hires, be sure to head over to the Campus Canton YouTube channel where they are breaking down all the new hires, um, as well as listening to everything that the C2C podcast feed has to offer to keep you updated on everything going on around the league. I'm actually really excited about Luke Fickle, by the way. Uh, I mean, last year he put nine players into the NFL as a G5 school. So I, I think some of these coaches are really good empire builders, you know, Luke Fickle, Matt Rule. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for those programs and uh, might be actually interesting to grab offensive, Wesson, offensive weapons from Wisconsin outside the running back. Uh, but um, going on to some player reactions, right? Last week I talked about how me and Corey need to look into Dorian Singer, who I'm not sure about this week, but last week was – the leading receiver in the Pac-12 here. So I actually turned on some film. This is some background on him. He's a three-star wide receiver of 147, six foot 175. He is not a year one zero. I think he had like 300 yards receiving his freshman year. Um, the more I watched this film, the more I actually was impressed with Jaden Delora. I really am. Uh, I thought that Dorian Singer had struggled to separate. I didn't really see a lot of separation. He has 
a super high level ball tracking, great hands. He's physical for his size, like 175, and he's he's getting some good push off on guys like last minute to get the ball. Um, he just excels at contested catch situations, uh, which I, it's not really a guy I want for fantasy or a guy I project well to do well at the next level. Um, and the lack of athleticism, too, is I thought when I was watching his film that maybe I see some like busted coverage once in a while, too, with the numbers that he's putting up this year. There really never was busted coverage. A lot of it really was just insane jump ball type skills. Uh, and his last like verified metric was a self-proclaimed 4640 um, coming into college. So that's not, that's not great. Uh, yeah, so, usually you want to like lie on the high side if you are self-proclaiming something anyways, right? Like why go with yeah. the four sticks? Like, <laughs> the, t- the Tyler Algier four, four that I was pushing last year. Cause I was yeah, yeah. my guy anyway. <laughs> um, so if I had to give him a comp, it's probably Tylen, Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace is a little bit more athletic than that, but uh, his play style is very similar. So uh, I thought that was interesting because I thought I was going to come away more impressed than I was, but I was not. Yeah, and honestly, I think you kind of nailed this evaluation here when I read it, kind of just followed everything that I thought, except for maybe the Delara stuff, okay? You know, and like for me, it's really just like a size and an arm strength thing. And, you know, like I think he maneuvers the pocket well. He can make plays when it breaks down. I think he lacks a little bit of like arm talent though. Like, you know, like the strength to like rifle that ball into tight windows if he needs to. You know what I mean? If like you he, had, he, like, go ahead. If you had to pick right now between Jaden Delora and Cam Ward. For Denver Cam Ward. Cam Ward. I thought I they're similar like, like instincts, pocket navigation, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just the arm with me. Like, I really don't think he has an NFL arm. He likes to pop those those tall balls too, like guys like Singer yes. and, and stuff like that. Like that 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 are placed fairly well, but like they're air balls. You know what I mean? Like he, I don't think he has a rifle to him. You know, he's six foot, two hundred and five pounds. I don't even know if I believe he's two hundred. To be honest with you, I don't. I don't think he floats it the way like Riddler would, though. Or do you think he floats it like similar to the way Riddler did? I don't know. And he puts so much into those throws, man. Like when he's, when he's throwing downfield, he uses like his whole body. You can tell he's putting everything into that throw to like get it down there. So I have some questions about arm strength in, in, in general, but yeah. Anyways, back, back to singer here. Um, when I originally looked at his build, you know, the six foot 175, you know, the, the makeup of him, I really thought I was going to get someone who was like a little bit shiftier on the field. Um, this guy kind of played like a true X wide receiver role. You know, he did move into the slot on occasion, but he kind of played that role for them. Good hands catcher, like you were saying, good extension away from his body. Um, PFF did credit him with a drop rate over 8% the past two years, which was a little bit surprising given that I thought I came away pretty pleased with his hands. And if like, if that's his best trait and he's like dropping a lot of balls too, then that's, that doesn't look so good. Um, I definitely saw like good body control, good concentration down the field. Um, he had a couple of those few one-handed grabs on those videos you were telling me to go check out on YouTube as well that I thought were, that I thought was pretty impressive, but, but definitely lacking the separation. Uh, seemed like most of his highlight reels were just go balls, him mossing dudes, winning at the catch point. Um, not a ton of route diversity either. Um, I did see a little bit of a release package at times. Just kind of wanted to maybe give him some credit for doing some stuff. But I love the Tylen call the Tylen Wallace comp because I think it honestly nails it. He's a small guy, plays like a bigger wide receiver, but doesn't really have the athleticism that I expect from a guy um, with that build. Um, let's go on to our next reaction here. I want to talk about Donovan Edwards, uh, who mm-hmm. filled in for Blake Corn. Blake Corn came in for a total of five snaps. Two carries, uh, I think like six yards. Really wasn't getting it done. Um, I shouldn't say it like that. He was hurt, and Ohio State had a game plan of stuffing the box and forcing J.J. McCarthy to throw. So I shouldn't say he wasn't getting it done. It was a really good defensive game plan for what Michigan is. Um, 
And JD McCarthy surprised us. There you go, Corey. I had to put it in a little. Yeah, he didn't surprise me, man. Just put the ball in his hands. Let him take over the game, man. He looked awesome. (laughs) I thought it was was some weird stat. It was like five plays went over for like 350 yards, something crazy like that. And it was the the whole game averaged three yards a carry or three yards. Yeah, there was some broken plays for JJ McCarthy as well. I mean, let's be honest, like, like Ronnie Bell pretty much took two balls, like 70 yards for touchdowns. And then he had like the one to the tight end there, uh, who, which was pretty much a broken coverage as well. So I have to give some some credit to to OSU's defense kind of uh, dropping the ball there as well. But, J- hey, JJ yeah. did what he was supposed to do, man. It, they challenged him long. I mean, they went cover zero, and then I think, like, second half, they're like, all right, we'll do cover one, and, like, still just couldn't figure that out. I mean, yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, but, okay, again, we're backtracking back to the uh, the main guy we're talking about here. Donovan Edwards, though, um, if Blake Corum leaves their draft, which I think he's coming back, but if Blake Corum leaves, Donovan Edwards is the next one up. Um, I don't – I'm worried about him going down the middle. I have, like, the same opinion about him as I do about Will Shipley, mm-hmm. um, probably a little bit less so than Will Shipley, is that he just really can't run down the middle. And I'm wondering, like, what do you think? And and also for this game, he had, like, a club on his hand, like a cast. So, I mean, I thought – I was pretty impressed he fumble the ball, like, once. But um, I thought he had a good performance. I think he has better hands than Blake Horm. So, as a Debbie asset, I think he has a higher ceiling. But it really depends on him developing – being able to run between the tackles. Yeah, I can't, I can't see why this production won't continue the next year. I can't see why he wouldn't get the opportunity. Like you were saying, I actually do think Edwards has more upside than Quorum does, at least what he could develop into for the NFL level by the time he gets there. Um, I think last year, um, and we saw this a little bit with a guy like Rocket Sanders, uh, Raheem Sanders over at Arkansas, um, him and Donovan both came in pretty raw runners in between the tackles. And I won't say he's developed to the point that Rocket has. He's really taken the jump forward. But I have seen improvement from Edwards in this area. And I even went to go see, like, you know, maybe the numbers back it up a little bit. And I'm, and if you go into PFF, they have a rushing direction data. Um, and now for Edwards, looking at his rushing directions, most of his efficient runs actually come from the A-gaps. So we're talking middle left and middle right off of the center, right? Both those A-gaps right in the center. Um so uh, although he has a t- tendency to kind of take those runs outside eventually once he gets through, it's, it's a positive development to see where he was um, last year. Because if you look at last year's number, he was actually preferring the B gaps and the C gaps and hitting those on the outside more often. So he was doing a little bit more damage in between the middle. Now, a lot of the runs you see, he is bouncing towards back towards the outside. So it is a tendency that I, w- I do want to see him shake a little bit. Um, but if you look at this guy's profile on paper, it's, it's size to the position. Um not great. I'm not going to say he's, he's there yet, but he's got the frame, you know, he's six, one, 205 pounds. So you could still easily add 10 pounds in that strength and conditioning program over at Michigan. That's something we really couldn't say for quorum because he was pretty much maxed out at like whatever he is. He's like five, six. Let's not kid ourselves. He's not five, eight or five, nine or whatever. The guy's like five, six, five, seven. Like he's, he was maxed out as a recruit. I think he's five, seven when he coming in, coming into college. Yeah, and, like, you see those pictures of him ripped, and, like, that ripped, and he's still only, like, 205 or whatever he is. Like, he's maxed out. He can't get any bigger than that. So, um, But anyways, like, Donovan definitely has the frame. He can add more. He's going to be part of a strong run first Michigan team. They're contending yearly in the national spotlight. Um, and even if you look at some of the advanced metrics, he's breaking away more than Quorum was. Uh, he's averaging three yards after contact, which is good to see. A little more physical, which is something I feel like I was, he was lacking a little bit last year as well. So I obviously want to see some continued development. Um 
there is some some bad things. Low force missed tackle numbers. So he is breaking away a lot. So and he's not doing a lot of stuff. But I do wonder when you get in those trenches, can you make those guys miss in the tackles like we're kind of talking about? Um, but I honestly have no doubt that if he stays healthy, he's probably putting up some massive numbers this year. And he's going to get the opportunity to continue to learn on the job. So honestly, Donovan Edwards is probably going to be one of my, if I can, without paying too much, because he's obviously going to go very high. But I, I he might be one of my biggest buys this offseason for C2C. I think he's actually sitting in my RB five or six right now for the class. And it's not like I'm that confident in him. It's just, it's really wide open after uh, the top four for me. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I could see, I could see him climbing up that high. He has, he has the makeup of a guy, you know, with the receiving ability with, with the frame, he could add size onto. If he just develops everything kind of like Raheem Sanders put it together this year, then he could really take off. Yeah. He's really primed to take off too. Uh, let's get to our next guy here. Keaton Mitchell. Uh, Went nuclear. I mean, what, like 300 combined yards this past week? He's mm-hmm. he's a smaller, skinnier guy. He's a G5 guy. So, obviously, usually I, I fade those guys kind of most right away. Um, but uh, I, me, Mike Valerie, was the one that said he is the G5 Devin Achain. All right? Don't don't <laughs> let anyone steal. I mean, <laughs> do you see me stop people from stealing that from our own company? Yeah. Alfred said it. was it? Alfred? Yeah, it was Alfred. Felix like said it, it too. <laughs> anyway, I'm the one that said that first. All right, I'll, I'll come for people anyway. Uh, do you think he has a Debbie future? I think, me personally, I think he might be like a pass catching back at the next level, but I really don't see him getting drafted. Like, I don't see him getting drafted like before like round five. I'm talking about like five, six, seven, yeah, pass catching back, but he's also a passing back that might get a second contract, you know? Yeah, like to be honest, he's someone that I haven't taken seriously enough from a Devi aspect, not somebody that I've ever decided. I wrote down and said, got to go watch his film after or whatever, you know, like I'd say a lot of our scouting as Devi, it starts on paper, right? You can watch film on a million papers, but your first thing that you do is you look, you look at their prospect profile on 247 or whatever, and, and you see what they look like on paper, you know, and if you look on paper, you're looking at undersized player, very minimal recruiting interest, barely a three-star prospect. Then he was going to East Carolina. So this guy was pretty much off my radar completely um he's been massively productive over there though so i re- it really took me time to kind of focus on him but this has kind of been the, the the first time but this is kind of a similar thing to me like devon chain who we, who we were just talking about we've talked about numerous times on the show it's just hard to nail down what these guys role is going to be at, like the next level and you know and we have a hard enough time with a chain like deciding to you know like um i've seen in mock drafts he's going like mid second some people are taking him early for or i mean uh late first some people are dropping all the way down to the second so he's all over the place right nobody can really can really um, decide how his role is going to be on the next level. And this is a guy with like a glowing resume and pedigree, you know, uh, never mind Keaton Mitchell, who like barely has any of these things going for him. And he's barely in the national spotlight as it is. So like, to me, it kind of, it, it, it strikes me as a UDFA type player with some speed. Maybe it might test well, whatever, but you're looking at undersized, you're looking at G5. I don't know if he's going like, and are we sure he's going to, has he, said that he's going to declare he's only a third year player right no yeah and g5 running backs don't declare on their third year they usually yeah so I, th- I think that i think he's probably going to stay another year yet um maybe maybe if he has a couple extra pounds i know he's listed at like 188 which isn't so bad we'd love to see that be a little bit more around 200 but you know i picture him as a complimentary like spark plug type player someone with some returnability as well i know he's done that a little bit um, but not somebody that i have a lot of a, a lot of high hopes for you know definitely someone who falls more into like the long shot bucket for me 
Yeah, he also has a drop rate of 16.7%, which Ooh. I thought was kind of surprising to look into that. But um, <laughs> he has a positive eight out though. So, I mean, he's getting downfield a little bit, getting those passes that are not just behind the line of scrimmage. I I don't know where to put him, but I, I think I am in the uh, kind of similar to you where I think he's a change of pace back, gets drafted, and I'm I'm intrigued. Like in a rookie draft, I'd probably take him more in the fourth. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't I wouldn't be moving him up too much higher than that, but somewhere that's that's interesting to me. Yeah. All right, let's get into who is already in the portal, right? We're talking about transfer portal today. It's heating up. It officially opens on the fifth. I really don't understand because there's plenty of people getting in it right now. Um, the rule is uh is if there's a coaching change. Is that right? Coaching change allowed to enter into the portal early. I believe that's correct though. Uh so we're going to talk about a few of them. We're going to go by position group here. We're going to start with QBs. We got Jeff Sims from uh, Georgia Tech here. Um, I'm going to let you start off here because I really don't have much of an opinion about Jeff Sims as far as the Debbie asset goes. Yeah, I just kind of threw him in here because this is a guy that I kind of like. This is a guy that Alfred kind of liked as well. This is a guy that we kind of talked about a lot earlier in his career. You know, dual threat guy, um, easy arm strength. Um you know, developing as a passer has kind of plagued him over the years. You know, it's been a pretty bad situation at Georgia Tech as well, though. Um, but, you know, he's kind of got like Lamar Jackson type build to him. He's like 6'3", 215, you know, which also kind of leads me to where I think he would be a fun transfer to. And that's to Louisville to take over for Malik Cunningham, who is running has run on eligibility. And he would honestly be a perfect fit there i mean a team who knows how to use a dual threat quarterback malik cunningham who led the team in rushing the past two years can't be much of a worse passer than sims is now so i think he would turn into like a really fun cff asset over there maybe even grab some draft attention if he can if that's how if that's how the dots connect for him all right let's talk about hudson card here uh just give you guys some background here he's a prior high four star nationally ranked 59 overall in the 2020 class uh now in the offseason there's the whole you know, quarterback battle between him and Ewers. Uh, usually I think that's a lot of coach speaks. They don't want to lose their backup quarterback. But uh, this one was supposedly actually a close quarterback battle. We got to see him a little bit play this year, uh, which was kind of cool. Um, I don't know where he's going to go, man. I really don't. I mean, he could go down the street to Houston because Clayton Toon's leaving. Uh, Baylor needs a guy, but they're bringing in a really nice recruit. T- TCU. Max Duggan's gone, right? Right? Maybe. Maybe Max Duggan's gone. Yeah, I don't know. We obviously know why this is happening. You know, Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning, and there's obviously no room for Card left there anymore. He looked okay a few times, like well, when he got touched, he kind of struggled to push the ball down the field, which is, which is kind of the big knock on him. But, um, but yeah, my place was a place that you mentioned when when I was kind of putting the dots together. I thought Houston would be really interesting. You know, team joining the Power Five, uh, still got some solid weapons around him, but kind of need a face. Of the franchise coming into the Power Five now, coming into the Big Twelve, Clayton Tune on the way out. You know, um, Hudson still gets to stay. You know, in a Power Five program as well, and and maybe gets a, a place where he can become the face of the program there. So, like, uh, I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like the way that lines up. I like that place that you chose there. Oh yeah. All right, Luke Altmaier, another quarterback battle from the all season. This one I thought was BS the whole time from the start to finish, um, but he's in the portal. Um, I don't really have much to say about him either, man. I'm really not really too impressed with his skill set. He comes from Ole Miss. I'm not really sure where he goes from here. I don't know. He he really pushed Jackson Dart for the starting job. Like there was even some rumors there that 
there was some guys who liked him better, but like because of Jackson Dart's pedigree and and they made the big move to go get him. Maybe there was some NIL involved. I don't know, but regardless, like they they ended up going to Jackson Dart. And I know that some of the play on the field didn't look that good either. So I don't know. The, the one place I said here was, you know, what about your alma mater? What about somewhere in like Kentucky, man? You know, like they're they're obviously going to lose Will Levis this year. Got some obviously some nice wide receiver talents around that playing in the SEC. You know, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, we need the help. The only other guy behind Lil Levis is a uh, freshman, true freshman, who had two offers, one from Marshall <laughs> and then one from Kentucky. Uh, he, he was like a two-star. He's like something low, like two-star or something ridiculous. So we need yeah. all the help we can get. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kentucky actually grabs two transfer quarterbacks here. So I, I don't doubt that. Um, looking at his offer sheet, though, He's never was offered by Kentucky, but I do see Georgia Tech here staring me in the face. <laughs> and Jeff Sims just left. Or or LSU too, right? Maybe maybe if uh, Jaden Daniels leaves, because he also has an offer from LSU from back in the day. Well, that's a different yeah. coaching staff. Brian Kelly's in now, so forget about that. Uh, let's go on to the next one here. Malik Hornsby, another dual threat guy. I don't think he looked really that good at all this year. Send him to Georgia Tech. I'll tell you that, man. He can do with Jeff Sims over there. Hey, he might make a good Jeff Sims impression over there, honestly. But, um, I just don't think this guy is a very good quarterback. Great athlete. I'll give that to him. Um, but every time I've seen him take the field, it's been like a run first mentality, very shaky in the pocket, struggles to get the ball out. So he's not trusting what he's seeing. Um, I know Arkansas did try to use him at, at, as a wide receiver at times this year, uh, or at least practice with him like that. I don't know if he ever actually got any game time as a wide receiver. So I don't know if there's a position switch somewhere on the horizon for him with that kind of athleticism. Um, but he does kind of strike me as a guy who's going to find more success at a lower level, you know, maybe somewhere like Liberty, maybe somewhere like, cool. um, like UTSA. I was, you thought, I was about to ask you thought G5 here. So I was just yeah. Yeah. Maybe like, like UTSA with Frank Harris kind of running out of eligibility, a fun guy to go over there. You know, um, I still think he's probably going to get his chances because of the pedigree at, at this level. He's probably going to take it somewhere. I just don't think he's going to succeed. South Alabama, maybe uh, Granger is out of eligibility. Maybe I'm not yeah, really sure. Yeah. Somewhere like that. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Out of all four of those names, I think Hornsby goes to the G5. Some of these guys maybe transfer laterally. I think Luke Allmeyer's got to get out of the SEC and maybe go to like an ACC or, or Big 12. But I'm with you there. Let's go to the wide receiver core. All right. Let's go to a, a, a Felix favorite, uh, Troy O'Meary, who's got his first catch this year. So congratulations to him. Uh, this guy, this guy's a burner, right? Like he's just a good size, fast in a straight line. I, I, I honestly, I don't know what he is to be. Honest. I have no idea. I haven't seen the guy play. So are we supposed to know? <laughs> the only thing that we've seen is like some ridiculous catches in, in, uh, in practice during the spring and whatever Felix says once in a while. So yeah, not somebody that I really care about on this list, to be honest with you. I know he's fast and he's a big body too. Six foot three, two twenty one. Um, as far as like Texas teams that constantly take transfers, like he could honestly go to SMU. I think that would yeah. be a fine place. They put talent in the NFL they they i mean they don't get any real recruits so they just take in transfers every single year um i'm not really sure if he's a baylor or houston candidate really i don't really think he's maybe that but yeah. um i actually really think smu is probably the, the choice here that seems like a good one yeah it's not too far of a, far away from him they do have some good talent over there they're gonna need some talent over there too as well With yeah Ray even Sally. the transfers the transfers they brought in like bo Corrales, like he's out of eligibility uh yep. i know joshua moore came in and left he came from texas so maybe there's something there but uh, and then obviously Rasheed Rice is going to the draft. They took in like a lot of like fifth, sixth round, fifth year, sixth year players. So uh, they're going to do a lot of turnover every single year. 
which I feel bad for them. But I think Tromir, SMU. Uh, let's go to one that's a little bit more exciting. Dominic Lovett, who was very surprising. Uh, there was at some point in time of the year he was leading the SEC in receiving. I think that was like the first six, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought this was really surprising. I mean, I know I make jokes about Luther Burden needing to leave because he needs to go somewhere that's going to develop him. He's a he's the number one overall like wide receiver in his class. Dominic Lovick was the surprise on that offense. Uh, really, really um, productive slot receivers. So, and he was quick. I mean, he was quick to be like, I'm going to the portal. Yeah. Wanted to get his name out there early. I don't know where he goes. Do you have any current ideas about that? Yeah. The only thing I could think of was maybe a lateral move for a, a team that kind of needs a slot guy that would kind of help. Mississippi State. No, close. Close, uh, though. But we go with Ole Miss, actually, with, with, um, giving an option over there to Jackson Dart with Jamingo's probably leaving um, Malik Heath. is also over there. I think he's out of eligibility as well. So they're going to need some options over there. Trig is returning. You'll have Judkins in the backfield. This might give them a solid option in the sec and he'll stay in the sec. He'll stay in that national notoriety that he'll get over there as well. Probably even better, obviously than at Missouri. So I kind of like that move for them over there. And I kind of like Ole Miss getting another, or I said Ole again. Ole Miss getting another uh, weapon here. Um, I I have a feeling that a lot of these names in this list that we're going to eventually get to could probably link up with Ole Miss, to be honest with you. I like that. I really do. Uh, Obviously, he entered early thinking that he can transfer up. You know, he's not looking to go down. So I I like that he stays in the SEC. He tries to go to a more uh, prolific passing offense that Mizzou has. So I like that call. Yeah. Uh, Let's go down to um, Dante Thornton. Uh, He was a guy from Oregon. He's a wide receiver there. A lot of people were thinking that he might overtake Troy Franklin as a wide receiver one in that offense going into the year. Um, big surprise he wasn't. So he's in the portal. He's a speedster. I want to say he's a field stretcher. I don't think he's a G5 guy. I think I think he's good enough to stick around the power five, but I'm not really sure if he goes to like an SEC or ACC. Maybe he goes to more like a Pac-12, Big Ten. No, sorry, not Big Ten, Big 12. Yeah, he's, he's probably going to end up one of the higher-ranked prospects in the portal. What was he, like a high 97 ranking or something? One of the, one of the best wide receivers in that class. Um, never really found his footing at Oregon. Definitely flashed a little bit when given the, the opportunity. Actually, if you watched like last year's bowl game, which I did, and if you watched their uh, spring game this year, which I did, um, it looked like he was actually going to be a big part of this offense, which unfortunately didn't happen. I actually bought him in a few places, kind of like as a, like a throw in. I thought maybe he had like a breakout season on the horizon when everybody was talking about Troy Franklin, but didn't really come to fruition. Um, so uh, I was looking at, well, you know, kind of where some of his recruiting interests are. I know some people are pointing to the fact that Dillingham just went over to um, the former OC at Oregon, uh, becoming the head coach over there at Arizona State, uh, Kenny Dillingham. Um, and people are trying to connect the dots there, like he's going to connect with him there. But he, he barely got any playing time under Dillingham. And uh, this he was actually part of the old regime that that recruited him. So I don't think that there's any kind of connection there. I don't know if any if that's going to happen. I do know one of his key interests was Penn State, which I thought was kind of interesting. Not the usual typical mold of a Penn State wide receiver. Um, a little bit of a low volume attack, but they get a lot of NFL attention over there. Maybe we see a shift with, with Drew Aller taking over under center. I don't know. Um, they always kind of have, you know, one or two fairly productive guys. Um, usually they're outside guys, which Thornton kind of profiles as as well. So, you know, um, kind of weird though. I'm, I'm expecting Parker Washington to return as well. So I don't know how that all kind of works out, but that was one of the places that maybe I saw could, could, could line up. Yeah, I'm going to pick the low-hanging fruit here. I'm going to pick Baylor, who also had interest in him in his recruiting cycle. Uh, he's the brother of Taekwon Thornton. I'm just making that up. I have no idea. But I, I, think, <laughs> I think they're like super comparable, though. And, and the Baylor does like to do the uh, air raid offense, you know, 
just let them spread out. You know, they usually have a really solid offensive line that gives their quarterback plenty of time to actually throw and process. So I, I like him going to Baylor. That's me, my pick here. Um, but no, I like Penn State. Penn State's been known to dip their toes into the transfer portal. They took in Malik uh, Tinsley last year. So I like that call too. Yeah. And Mitchell Tinsley out of eligibility now, right? Or is he, can he yeah. return? No, he's, no he's, a, he's a fifth year. I think he's out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, let's go on to two guys here. I think I'm probably going to take the reins around these two because these are kind of like uh, these are some some G5 guys. Tyrese Chambers uh, of FIU. The reason why I'm making Corey talk about him today is because he was kind of a my guy for me going into the <laughs> season. He broke a few of um, T.Y. Hilton's records at FIU. Uh, he had a really efficient season. He entered the portal last year. He had decent offers. He had offers from Arizona State, Mississippi State, uh, South Carolina. Um Went back. I think he got an NIL deal. And I think it was like for like 50 grand. Like it really wasn't a big NIL deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a shaving company anyway, but, <laughs> but um, <laughs> well, I'm going to be interested in his, in his recruiting cycle here. Cause I, if the same schools offer him, I'm going to feel a little better about him as a prospect from a G five area. Um, but if the same schools do not offer him in the transfer portal, I'll find that I'm, I'll be kind of out of doubt, but that'll be interesting. So Tiger Chambers is in there for me. He had a quiet year. Uh, the next guy's going to be Corey Crooms, uh, Western Michigan. Western Michigan, who does make guys for draft capital, talking about um, Sky Moore, Corey Davis, the one guy that went to Seattle that I'm already forgetting about. That was a second-round pick. That was a fitness. Thank you. Um, so, oh, and Jaden Reed, by the way. Jaden Reed was a true freshman that broke out for them, and he transferred to Michigan State in and out mm-hmm. going to the draft. So there are guys that are prolific coming out of Western Michigan. He's in the portal no idea where he goes i just really thought it was worth bringing him up clearly he thinks he can make the jump from g5 to p5 and the reason why i'm saying make the jump too is because this is kind of harsh to say but the portal is for good players these these are guys that are trying to increase their draft stock you know um there's definitely a few of them at the top that you know they're transferring down because they just want to play football you know like they're just i just want to get on the field uh but for these guys that are in the lower levels these guys are transferring with the idea of transferring up at least for the most part all right, let's go into running backs here. Uh, the first one, five-star, Trey Sanders from Alabama. Um, personally, not a fan. You got any comments about Trey Sanders? No, I don't. He's not somebody that, you know, I'm overly infatuated with. I just, you know, I, I did think he deserved a mention because obviously this is a guy who has the previous number one rated RB in, in his recruiting class. Um, I rode him up for the Debbie guide last year. I really wasn't impressed at all. To me, he looked like a shell of his former self from high school. Um just found him very sluggish laterally, kind of a little bit heavy footed, a lot more of a straight line runner. I've said this a couple of times in our chats as well, but he reminded me of Zamir Smith coming off of like the two ACL injuries on the first year you watched him. He was just a straight line runner, um, really lacked wiggle. I will say you saw improvement from Zamir after the more years he was removed from the injury. So maybe we'll see that with Sanders, but at the same time, how much more years is Sanders going to get here? He's got like what? It, does he have two more years of eligibility or what, just one more? So either way, he doesn't have a lot left to kind of show what he can do. So I got, I, I honestly have no idea where he goes. Someone's going to give him a shot because he's a high ranking talent. Someone's he's going to go somewhere, you know, like, like Noah Kane went somewhere, like those other guys went somewhere, but didn't really end up working out. And I have a feeling it's not really going to work out for Trey Sanders, to be honest with you. So we saw Kamara Wheaton go to a G5 school. Do you think, do you think he goes as far down as a G5 school? No. I, I I would imagine that somebody was rated as the number one running back probably has an inflated vision of themselves. They probably think that they deserve a good chance somewhere else. He's going to be looking for that opportunity somewhere in the power five. 
All right, let's talk about another high-end guy, LJ Johnson. I wasn't into grading recruits uh, at this time when LJ Johnson came through. So honestly, I haven't really looked at him at all. He's always hurt. I, I just can't find enough tape on him to really form an educated opinion about him. Going to the portal, where do you think he goes? Yeah, it's been like ridiculously quiet for him at AM, like since he's like been there too. You know, he doesn't get he doesn't get no attention there at all. You know, I know he's been dinged up a little bit as well, which hasn't really given him a chance to kind of do anything. Um, I believe he's probably the currently the highest ranked running back in the portal by rivals. I was just looking at rivals. I don't know about the other sites. I think he's the highest ranked, which is kind of surprising to me given that he hasn't really done anything more of a of a ranking of his pedigree there. Um kind of going for a repeat location here, but I kind of thought about him, you know, potential to be a high volume guy, um, 220 pounds ish, you know, up in that area. What if he's going to could replace your boy over at Kentucky and Chris Rodriguez? You know, I, I think that could be an interesting spot for him over there. If he can get a chance, I don't think he's going to walk in anywhere and be the starter, but he could probably go somewhere with an open backfield and maybe contend for some time, maybe eventually be the starter. And that kind of seems like an open backfield to me. That's not too high up there. Maybe it's not unachievable for him. You know what I mean? No, we're pretty open. And I, I think that's a fine call for us. Honestly, uh, we don't really have, I think we have like a three star behind him. but when you saw Chris Rod uh, getting suspended, like we were grabbing uh, like some guy from Tennessee that want to play running back that should play defense. And we grabbed a, a transfer from G5, Ramon, Ramon Jefferson or something like that. He didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we were, we were scrambling for running backs. Uh, so I, I think just Kentucky is going to be in the, in the portal for anybody. But high-end talent, I can see us giving him a shot for sure. I, I, I like that. I think he can go to Kentucky for sure. Um, let's talk about a guy I think you were higher on the offseason. I'm not putting words in your mouth here, but Travion Cooley from, from Louisville. He, was a, he blew up in the bowl game. I remember that because I was like, damn, he's the next guy up. Uh, you had the Tion Evans crowd too. Um, I don't think it was either one of them in the end, which is ironic. Uh, but he's in the <laughs> portal. He's in the portal. Yeah, this is a guy that like I liked for sure. Um, this is a guy. Some other people like another guy that me and Alfred when we were first started talking, he did a uh, he did a, a video watch of this guy's high school film. I actually joined him on YouTube to just to watch it, see what he was watching. Very versatile player, lined up wide a bunch. Um, had some solid re- uh, usage as a receiver at U- at Louisville as well. Just never got the opportunity to be the guy, like whether it was injuries, um, whether it was just the role they envisioned for him. Um, I think a change of scenery is probably the best thing for him, you know, to maybe give one shot, one last shot at, at some Debbie value to kind of recoup, you know. Um, I, was, I was trying to think of some fun places he could go and be productive. And I was thinking of places that are kind of losing running backs. And I'm thinking over at Kansas State when you're losing Deuce Vaughn. And a versatile guy like like Travion Cooley, I wonder if he could kind of, you know, go over there and maybe fill some of that void that Deuce Vaughn is going to end up leaving. I know they have one other guy over there that was getting some carries. Not really a, not a, a bunch else going on in that room. Um, they could be a, a pretty good team again still next year. And they're, they're going to be looking for bodies to kind of re- replace what Deuce Vaughn could do for them out of the backfield and as a rusher. And I think, I think Cooley could fit that. I actually think he goes a little further down than that. I think he's a G5 running back. Um, so I think I'm looking more at like Old Dominion who's losing Blake Watson, and I'm looking at uh, like Coastal Carolina who needs a running. But no, Appalachian State too would be a really good spot for him because they like to run on the ball a lot too. So yeah, I, I'm not, think- I'm not, I'm not fully ready to go there yet with him because he, he's still just entering his junior season, I believe. I think right. year, last year was just his second season. He's still, I still think he's got a chance with the ranking and the pedigree. This was a guy who got a lot of hype as well. It was kind of surprising how he was worked out of the, uh, worked out of the rotation this year. I know he's dinged up a little bit here and there as well. So I'm not, I'm not ready to go there yet, but um, it could very well be in his future. that That's where he ends up. Last guy here for running backs, um, Byron Cardwell. 
you were really high on him. I actually liked him too. I don't understand what's going on, on the side. Clearly there's something going on there. Um, but what do you think about Byron Cardwell? Yeah, I'm very happy to see this one. Um, like you said, it was very hard. I had a lot of high hopes for him entering this year. I was hoping he was going to become uh, Oregon's league back. Had some great stints last year when injury kind of struck that backfield. It was very efficient. Bring some size to the table. Bring some explosiveness to the table. Um, had the great spring reports as well. And then like somehow he got injured and ended up in the doghouse by the sounds of it. Like I don't, I don't even understand what happened. I mean, he literally earned a spot on the Doc Walk on the Doak Walker Award watch list for all the hype that was around him in the preseason, and then just barely played was barely played at all i don't really I, it must have been either injury or gone to doghouse somewhere it was a re- really weird situation and i, I, just I remember the that, all-season news too he was like 100 yards plus in scrimmage like regularly yeah like on, he had like a 170 yard scrimmage and three touchdowns or something like it was I, I don't really understand what happened there i don't know if he slept with the coach's wife or something like that <laughs> i don't know that's the only thing i could honestly really guess i just think that him getting out of there is the best thing for him um he was recruited by a ton of programs you look at this guy's recruiting list it's like packed so he's gonna have a lot of choices in front of him places to go i really don't have a place that i could that i could say right now um uh you're you're better with the american geography than i am i can't think of a place that would go that would that he could just hop over over there you got a place for him uh i actually think he goes to arizona state um Xavier valley just had a great year there they don't really have an identity usually teams that don't have like i don't he can't he can't he can't because Kenny Dillingham was the offensive coordinator for Oregon this year and didn't play him at all. Oh, okay. All right, I, all right, you all know right. what I mean? Why would you want to go over there now to that guy? That Because I was thinking about that too. And it's like, no, because he didn't even play him this year. Something was wrong with him there with that. So I don't think that that connection is going to work out. Something's wrong with it. All if right. you wanted to say well, the Pac-12, I do think their one interesting spot could be Washington, who doesn't really have a running back like uh, of running back of the future, they we we think that they're kind of they could be an explosive offense again with Kalen DeBoer. Not sure what they're going to do at quarterback just yet. If if Phoenix goes to the or Phoenix, <laughs> if Penix goes to the draft, um, <laughs> but but yeah, they they don't really have a strong rushing presence there. Maybe he could go over there and kind of supply that. Yeah, I like that. I was my next one was going to be Nebraska though. Nebraska Anthony yeah. Grant is he out of is he out of eligibility? Anthony I think Grant? he was a I think he was a fifth year. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Okay, <laughs> I think he can go to Nebraska. Luke Fickle's taking over there. Um, nope, not Luke Fickle. Sorry, Matt Rule is going over there. Uh, I think that would be a great spot for a running back too. All right, now let's go into the rumors, man. I uh, can't talk about. I mean, I love talking about rumors here because you know, as Camden Ken, we are a school theme type. That's kind of our thing. Back to Debbie, back to school, and now we're talking rumors here. Uh, there's some like fun ones here, and we're gonna start with the running back position. I'm we're gonna go big. Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen's rumored to the portal. He didn't play his final game this year. He like released a statement saying, and they're like, "Oh, well, you're gonna address these rumors about the transfer portal." And he's like, "I'm here if coach if coach whoever's here. I can't remember the coach's name." Coach is gone. So I think Braylon's going to be gone. The rumors right now, Corey, are USC. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, USC just doesn't strike me as like a downhill running team, which is what I think you need to do with Allen. He can't just keep running out of the shotgun and he can't keep running out of spread looks. Like, I just think that he's better off in a, in a downhill running scheme. And I like that. And, and USC even too is a, is a team that sometimes like is throws a lot, right? You, you'd like an option out of the backfield that you could kind of throw to dump off to. I don't know if Braylon Allen is going to be that. Um, for me, my place, you know, I thought, I thought this was a good one. Okay. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. It almost made too much sense to me. Okay. This is a team who hasn't been able to find a rushing identity this year. Um, their leading rusher is their quarterback and no other running back has gone for over 500 yards this year. And I'm talking about LSU. 
Okay. Mm. This is a place where they've had a lot of uh, running back talent come out of there, make the NFL. They're going through transition. I know a lot of people didn't view them very highly, but I think they've done a little bit better than a lot of people expected. Not sure what the quarterback situation is going to look like over there, but this really would give a high a high volume, um, big bruising back for Chip Kelly to kind of hand the ball to 20 times a game and add that rushing presence to his game that, he doesn't really have right now besides from Jaden Daniels, a quarterback who might not be there next year. I like that. I really do. I was going to come in here and say Michigan state, but I like yeah. that. USC is not a fit though. I think me and you both no. agree on that. It's not, I think he wants to rock. I think he wants to go. Who's ever going to give him like 25 plus carry of the game, you know? Um, now let's go to another big name here, Travion Henderson. And I would like you to talk about this one first. Yeah, like so, I I try to check with Matt Bruning, who's our Ohio State insider over here at Campus Can, just to make sure that I was getting the facts right. He says there's really nothing. Wait, there. wait, wait, wait. There's no facts. We're all rumors here. Yeah, this is all this is all rumors, by the way. Nothing, hearsay, nothing, Your Honor. Hearsay. Yeah, nothing official here. Um, he did say that he, from what he's hearing, that this is nothing. Um, guy, uh, there's nothing to pay attention to here. But I would just like to point out that Travion Henderson did scrub his his uh, social media accounts. I'm not sure if they're still scrubbed, but he took away anything Ohio State away from them. And there was rumors talking on the boards in a couple of chats I was in as well that he was apparently misled about his injury. I don't know if it meant that he could go and or that uh, they were telling him he could go and it wasn't actually good enough to go or something like that, lying about him to him about how long it was going to take. I'm not too sure of the of the exact facts there of why he would do this, but something seems to be going on there. But to Matt Bruning's credit over here at CTC, he says nothing's going on there. So there's nothing to really worry about. But just for pure speculation purposes, if he was going to go somewhere, where do you think would be a good fit? USC. That's where he needs to go. Yeah, I like we both wrote that here as well, because he honestly feels like he fits that he's flashy. He he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. It's a high to, you know, it's like the new Reggie Bush going into new to USC. You know, I feel like he could be that face for that program if he eventually went over there. All right, let's go to the next one here. CJ Donaldson, freshman tight end converted running back for for uh, West Virginia. I almost said West Michigan. I was like, why? Anyway, West Virginia. Um. This one's a little surprising here because one, he's a tight end recruit that just got converted to running back. Like let's, let's slow your role there. Cause they're kind of already giving you the touches. So my idea is that he's transferring because he wants to win. And for me, a good pick for me would be Mo Ibrahim's heir at Minnesota. I think he'd be great at Minnesota or Wisconsin. Cause if, if, if Braylon Allen's gone, just, just replace him with the next Braylon Allen, which is CJ Johnson. Yeah, I actually love both those calls because I do think he has to go somewhere like that. You know, like I'm kind of surprised he doesn't want to stay at West Virginia, like you were already talking about. Like he was doing good there, but it's it's the winning thing, and I and I get that. You maybe want to go somewhere, get a little bit more notoriety. I thought Minnesota was a really good call. I did not think about that, but if he goes somewhere and gets that like huge workload that Ibrahim was getting, I mean, when he was down, that Potts was getting last year. I think Potts is a senior as well, tracing Potts over there. So like they're going to be looking for somebody else. That's a really good spot for a good downhill running back. You know. Like even like, you know, we're talking about Braylon Allen, but there's no way Braylon Allen would go over there. But CJ Johnson is kind of like who we're picturing as like, you know, the, the Walmart brand Braylon Allen right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like that type of guy. So maybe I could see him going over. I kind of like that. That's a a good call by you. Uh, Let's go to wide receivers. Now, Xavier worthy Uh, read an article here. He's just frustrated with usage, right? Uh, He wants to be featured. He thought Texas relied on the run too much. Obviously Quinn Ewers is a new quarterback. And I think, his Q, his virus, his number one receiving target was JC Sanders. If not, it was real close to Xavier Worthy. And let's not forget 
uh, Isaiah Nayor is hurt and Isaiah Nayor comes back next year. So he's a really talented player. I don't like really see him transferring to a place that like he's not going to be like the featured piece. So I'm, I'm thinking like USC, um, Ohio State would be kind of crazy, but I really they have so much talent there. But uh, I can't see him transform, transferring somewhere where he's not going to be a super prestigious school, Alabama, USC. And that's probably really it. Like to me, the only two options. Yeah, it seems that way. He could go be the deep threat over there. Like he'd replace that deep threat that Alabama's kind of been missing this year, that speed threat. Maybe they view him as that as well. Um, but yeah, he, he's probably got his pick of litter. I know he's very close to Michigan uh, last year. There was that whole story, something going on with the recruiting. I don't know. Um, I'd hate that. I would hate that so much. Yeah, I know, but I, I, w- I would hate that. I do not think that he'll go over there after watching them a little bit more this year. I don't know if there was like some other ties there. Like, I don't know. I don't know why he, w- he was thinking about them so heavily to begin with, but yeah, I would not like that there. It's like, he's almost is very similar to a wide receiver they have there right now called Roman Wilson, who has like done nothing for like all his years there because of like the skill set he has that Michigan really doesn't feature. And if, if he went over there, I would not like it very much. Uh, let's talk about, I'm going to lump two together here. We're going to go Evan Stewart and Chris Marshall. Now, Chris Marshall's obviously going to be gone. He, he's got two things going on in the locker room. One, he missed curfew early on the season and missed like a game for that. And two, he got caught smoking weed in the stadium on an away game. Good job, buddy. <laughs> um, these like usually all field stuff is kind of a red flag, but this isn't like this is not like an assault or some sort of like these are two things. Like, all right, look, you're, you're 18 in college, right? You're gonna miss curfew. Like, I'm sorry, like that's a given. I'm sure other people too have done it. He just got caught. And then the weed thing, it's like I think a lot of athletes smoke weed, so I don't think that's a big deal either. So he's transferring out. Um, Evan Stewart's a rumor. Now that one's going to be a surprise to me. I really wasn't really confident about that one ever since Anaya Smith got hurt. Um, he's just taken over as number one, but, uh, I'm just going to give my two real quick here. I think that Chris Marshall would do well at Ole Miss, Ole Miss or TCU. TCU loses their big boundary guy. Chris Marshall can go in. He's kind of a little raw. He got Sonny Dykes there. Um, and then you got Evan Stewart, who I think is a technician. And I think Penn State would be a great fit for Evan Stewart. Yeah, I know we were talking about these places a little bit beforehand, so I'm kind of locked in on these places as well. Evans, I just don't think Evan Stewart's going to I don't know why you would want to. Like, we were talking about a little bit before the show, and it's like, Texas A&M is a, is a good program. Like, they get a lot of national attention and stuff like that. Like, if you're, tr- if you're looking to transfer up, like you don't like your situation, like there's not much up to go to, in my opinion, unless it's just like the winning side. But who knows? Like Texas A&M could rebound next year with Wegman and maybe their guys start looking a little better. Like who, who really knows? I don't, I don't really understand why he wants to move. The situation seems pretty good for him here, in my opinion. Um, Chris Marshall, on the other hand, I can obviously see the reasons he wants to go. And I love like the Ole Miss call. And I love the TCU call, like replacing the Quentin Johnson role, like that big play guy down the field to throw it up to. Like he's perfect for that he's got the size he's got the speed like that seems legit to me I, lo- I love that call by you uh tcu for chris marshall i like that we're just going to talk about one quarterback here i want to bring up tyler van dyke uh been on and off hurt end of the season he was a guy that was going to be r- rumored i shouldn't say rumored he was an nfl talent a few including myself i'm definitely wrong on that so gotta eat that but rumored to be transferring this is a guy i would love to see at kentucky i think he's better than he showed at Miami. I really think Miami was a poor system. Uh, receivers really weren't that good either. Kentucky's got really young up and coming receivers. I think Van Dyke is a above average passer. I just thought he could do a lot more than we saw this year, but Tyler Van Dyke, where do you think he goes? 
Yeah, I honestly don't. I thought he struggled a little bit without the wide receivers. Like we like to say, we like to see a quarterback who elevates the talent around him, not the talent around him elevating him, which kind of seemed like that was the case for him. Um, you know, going through a whole bunch of different wide receivers this year and trying to find the guy, then him going through his injury struggles as well. Um, I don't know. Uh, the The Kentucky thing is kind of interesting there. Um, I wonder if he's the kind of guy that could go to Pittsburgh too, that, you know, they're losing Keaton Slovis. Uh, they're, and, you know, looking at the, portal recently for quarterbacks like where they grabbed Keaton Slovis so or wait is Slovis still there for one more year now that I think about it he hasn't talked about it yet he said he's he's gonna think about it or some 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 BS like that okay so I don't know he I could think, end up I there think they want him gone though I really do I think they're probably you should go you should go <laughs> I wouldn't play. I'm not surprised <laughs> I'm not surprised by that so yeah I, I agree with you there um looking at this list of quarterbacks um you know we we didn't really mention them all there's some rumors around like DJU Spencer Rowler if they decide to stay that they might go somewhere else I don't know what's gonna happen like that um but the biggest rumor here that you, that that our our very own Matt Bruning was telling us about is that he's hearing a little bit of of talking about Drake May out of UNC, which I found pretty surprising given the season he's had there, given how he's looked over there. Maybe it has to do with something, you know, the way NFL looked at Sam Howell. Um, maybe they didn't like him coming from that system or whatever. Maybe he wants to go, you know, have a chance to win the natty. But then if you're looking at that and you've had the kind of season you had, I mean, you're only looking at a couple places here, right? Like this has got to be like an Alabama that you're looking at, right? Maybe you see an opening because – Bryce Young's going to be going. They got two unproven guys there. Like, is is that the, where you'd think he would go? Yeah. So Drake May was originally recruited by Alabama. Uh, he decommitted once they took um, Bryce Young. So he went to UNC. <laughs> and yeah, if if he transfers, it's because he wants the Heisman. He wants a Natty. One of the one or the other. So I think if he transfers, it's going to be to Alabama. There's going to be nowhere else he goes besides that. So that would be the destination. And then we got to ask ourselves, like, what happens to to Jalen Milrow? I mean, I think Ty Simpson sticks around. He's young. He's going to just take another year to learn. But Jalen Milrow, like, he's got to he's got to hit the portal. And then I don't think he's good enough to really start at a high level Power Five program. Maybe I think he might be a G five guy. Yeah, it, it, it potentially like I've, I kind of like Milrow a little bit more. And then like, I don't know if maybe they'll just stick with him anyways and kind of just like, you know, the same way they did with Jalen Hurts for so many years, kind of a guy who didn't who struggled a little bit as a passer, but could run a little bit like maybe they just go without Milrow, play some defense, run the ball a little bit more. So um, I view this one as a very long shot to happen. I don't think that that's that, that there's very much to this rumor, but if it does, I think that's got to be like the only place he's looking, um, you know, looking at the rest of this list here too rumors of Malik Murphy obviously we we know that the reason for that there's not much room for him over there at Texas anymore Ty Thompson you know was rumored to be the third string quarterback at Oregon he's probably going to be looking for a new home um so you've got a couple guys here there, there, where there's going to be a lot of situations that are open for them to go to but none that I'm overly excited about at this moment I I am dude I mean Houston's always gonna develop stuff Clayton Toon just got a senior bowl invite so I, I like when them go to the to go to no, like the, no team teams. I'm excited about. It's the players here that I'm not super oh. excited about. Yeah, okay. <laughs> then, right, yeah, right. the teams I'm excited about. I'm just saying the list of players here: Malik Murphy, Ty Thompson, like Sam Heward. I'm kind of losing hope for these guys. I'm not super excited about them anymore. Right, right. I got you. Yeah. And then Auburn too. I mean, they got a they got Hugh Freeze. I mean, and they uh, Robbie Ashford's like not it. I'm sorry, I no, mean, Robert Ashford. I don't even think he does well at the G5 level. But anyway, so yeah, there's a lot so, of good. There's a lot of good places for a quarterback to go this year. That's yeah, and sure. I think this past year too, I can't remember the stat. I wish I could, but it was something like 40 or 60 percent of the starting quarterbacks in the NCAA were from transfers. So I, I think we hit. I mean, maybe not similar numbers, but it's going to be shockingly big again. 
Yeah. Uh, so let's get into just let's get let's get into guys that we want to see hit hit the field. We want to see them to hit the portal. Um, some Devi assets that we think would just pr- uh, profit from, from a different area. I'm not really sure that's the right word. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna start off with my first guy here. I'm gonna talk about uh, Malachi Fields. He's he's I think he's set to be UVA's wide receiver one. They have a lot of seniors. I think everyone's out of eligibility. I know Wicks is leaving. Um, I want to say Kemp is leaving. So there's no one else there, but I don't know who's throwing in the ball this year. I mean, Brendan Armstrong, I think he's out of eligibility and the system is doo-doo. That's a doo-doo system. So, and I, I do like Malik. I, I really do. I really do like Malik Fields. I think he has Malachi Fields. I'm sorry. Malachi Fields. I think he has something special there and I just want him to be featured. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit a couple of shows ago as well. He was a little a little bit impressive to me as well on film. Great body control, great hands. Um, someone who could really excel being in, in the spotlight somewhere else. Um, but I'm going to go over to my first guy here. I'm going to have over to Ohio State and their ever-loaded running back room. And I'm going to talk about Evan Pryor. He's a really interesting player from the 2024 class. Um, 5'11", 200 pounds, high four-star prospect. Looked like he was going to have a big role this year. You know, if you watch the spring game, I think he was well over 100, 100 yards uh, from scrimmage. Um, had a season-ending injury that took a, uh, that kind of took a season away four weeks into the season, unfortunately. So we never really got to see that. But during that time, while he was down, we saw the emergence of guys like Mayan Williams, who could return next year. We saw Dallin Hayden come out of nowhere, who was a true freshman this year. And we even saw Diamante Trainum kind of come out of nowhere last week to lead the backfield in carries all could still be around next year as well as a healthy trade on Henderson who we all love as well um and and we're we're looking forward to getting healthy maybe he's going to stay around there was those rumors so we'll see what happens there but I really think that Pryor's best chance to have relevance again is probably to hit the portal and get the workload somewhere else you know uh where would I like to see him go I don't know we were talking about USC would be fun for Trayvon it could probably be fun for Evan Pryor too a very versatile think Kentucky would be a good spot dude we need running backs you mentioned yeah him him too I don't but I don't know if I necessarily view him as that 20 carry pound the rock guy, like they kind of mm. have liked there over the past couple of years, but he could be, who knows? I don't know what he could develop into completely because we haven't seen enough of him, but you know, he, he could probably walk in as the most talented running back in a lot of rooms right now. I'm with you there. And I have the same feelings about um, Phil Maffa. Just ditto everything that Corey just said yeah. for Phil Maffa. Same thing. Clemson running back, running behind Will Shipley there. Yeah. Yes. He, the one that's successful down the middle. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Lorenzo Styles here. I'm just not ready to quit on him. Notre Dame. I don't know if it's like the quarterback suck there. It's the scheme that's really just not featuring him, or maybe he really wasn't special and just had one really good bowl game. Um, but I would like to see him hit the reset button and go somewhere else because uh, I don't know what their quarterback situation at Notre Dame is going to be next year. I don't know if Buckner is going to take another take a step, <laughs> and uh, hmm. Drew Pine isn't isn't great, but I, the team has definitely been connecting better. They've been humming better, but I don't. It's not it's not the place to be if you want to be an NFL talent at the moment. So, no, and this yeah, this one this one's really dropped off for me too because I had kind of bought into it a little bit. You talk about him a lot. Austin talks about him a lot. A lot of guys have talked about him a lot, and just from what I've seen on the field and the production, and I know the situation hasn't been great. Um, there's just not a lot there that I'm in love with right now. I need to see more. I do. For now, I'm I'm ranking him pretty low right now. I just reworked my rankings. I don't know where he's. He might be in like the 40s, 50s. Like he's he's low for me right now. And it's just because there's nothing there right now for me to to really buy into. So, um, hoping that maybe he can he can hit the portal like you're saying and maybe bounce back somewhere else. We can start to give him some love again. But for my guy, my second guy here, I'm going over to Cal and I'm going to talk about 
J. Michael Sturdivant. I don't even what's his first name? <laughs> do we even know his first name? I probably shouldn't know that. I don't know I don't what know. the I don't know what the J stands for, but I always just call him that anyways. Anyways, this is a guy who has a redshirt freshman uh this year. He's gonna be going into his third year next year. Just doesn't get the attention he deserves over at Cal. You know, high four-star prospect, some really good track and field times, sub 10.5 second 100 meter, sub 21 second 200 meter, both of which are better than Texas wide receiver Xavier Worthy except he also stands at 6'3 and 205 pounds. So we're talking about a guy who's got some athleticism and got some size to him. Um, like I said, we got to see some more time um, playing this year after being a, a, after redshirting last year, put up over 750 yards and led the team in touchdowns, which is nice to see. Um, now Cal had an offense that ranked 95th out of 131, and they finished at 4-8 and eight overall. Um, for their record. So it's hard to get attention under those circumstances at that team, even when you're doing things like this. I'd love to see him go somewhere a little bit more explosive. To me, you know, um, maybe you stay uh, in the conference here and you hop over to Washington, which we've talked about a couple of times, uh, mm-hmm. who's going to be losing Jalen McMillan, who's going to be losing Roma Dunze this year, probably. And they could really maybe, use, maybe. yeah, and they could really use an exciting young receiver there that uh, that could kind of do some things. And I think, I think Michael Sturdivant could do that for them. So that's my guy. Hi. I couldn't find what J means, by the way. Every word that's had a J Michael Sturdivant. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, that, the, that, that's, the, that's the mystery now. I think we've got to find out what that means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about Taven Jackson here, quarterback for Tennessee. They just got a five-star, $8 million man, rumored uh, Nico Malievo, Malieva. Um, and then Hooker's gone, but they got a five-star coming in. Taven Jackson, I mean, if he's getting paid that much money, Taven Jackson knows that he might touch the field for a year, but he's not the future of that program. He was a guy that I want to say was a tier three rookie for us, or freshman, sorry. Um, I'm a big fan of him personally. He got a little bit of playing time. It was nice to see that this year, but he needs to go somewhere. And maybe he goes across the border to Kentucky, man. I don't know. But um, <laughs> everybody's going player. to Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I just bring them all. Uh, so, <laughs> or you could go to Louisville too. But anyway, uh, he 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 should know that the writing is on the wall that his future is not going to be long at Tennessee, and maybe he gets out sooner rather than later. Um, anyway, my last guy here, probably the last guy we're going to talk about here tonight is or today, whatever you're listening. Uh, Katron Allen, though, uh, this one's kind of low hanging fruit. We've been talking about it probably three or four times during the year. Um, he's a good running back. He could be the full-time starter at most programs. Um, Nicholas Singleton, I think, will just be the lead guy eventually once he figures out a little bit more about running down the middle and just becoming more refined as a rusher because he's just an ultra-talented athlete. So Catron Allen, I want him to go somewhere, not because I think he can't do it. I just think he can do it bigger at somewhere else. No, I actually like that call from Ketron Allen as well, though he is a guy who's actually impressed me this year. Um, probably impressed people a little more than they actually expected. He was kind of, you know, billed as this more of a bruising two down bang or whatever. I think he's shown a little bit more than that. I think he looks good. I could see him staying at Penn State and just kind of working as a tandem there with Singleton. Unless Singleton just kind of takes over the show, then we kind of we want we want to see him somewhere else because we want to see him be his own guy. But at the same time, like, I think that that tandem kind of works there, to be honest. Like, he's really good at the things that Singleton is still kind of learning. And Singleton supplies that, like, big play, uh, big play outside home run threat. You know what I mean? So I think they kind of complement each other really well right now. I kind of just, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm okay with them staying in the same room together for now. But I could see down the line us wanting to see him somewhere else. Yeah, I think this might be a year early type of take. I had to mention one more thing before we go, though. So I, I lied earlier. I love underdog stories, and we got to talk about G5 to Power 5, all right? 
I want to reflect on just some guys in this past year that made that jump. Jacob Cowing, who's still super productive at uh, Arizona, hoping that he gets that senior bowl invite, hoping he makes that jump to the pros. Isaiah Nayor, who fortunately got hurt, but it was looking like he was going to be a 1B to a Xavier Ruther 1A over at Texas's high-octane offense. You got Dylan Gabriel, who's been decent for Oklahoma. Kanata Mumfield, who I loved, who's breaking my heart at Pitt. And I don't know if it's his fault or or Keaton Slovis, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and blame Keaton Slovis. Um, and then just, you know, some other some others do continue to find success and others do not. So let's talk about guys that I think are ready to make the jump and where I want to see them go. Elijah Spencer. Uh Charlotte wide receiver. I talk about the 900 yard mark being the breakout mark for sophomores. Usually you get about three to five guys. He hit that. So he's one of those like breakout sophomores. Um, he was more of a down through downfield threat used at, at the start of the season. Defenses adjusted to him. Uh, he became the new one for Charlotte overtaking uh, Victor something. I can't remember Victor's first name, but, and then Grant DeBose too. So he was supposed to be the three overtook the one role. Uh, was clearly a targeted for the defense. Defense knew that he was a target, uh, but was still super productive here. I think he can make the jump to the SEC competition. I really do believe that. Um, but schools like like Mississippi State, which wouldn't be too exciting for me, um, but I think he can make the jump to the to the SEC. I really do. Uh, then you got Devontae Walker. Uh, I would give kudos to Nate, but Nate kept that shit to himself for the whole season. So I can't really give him props for that because I, I missed out. So now I'm a little hurt about that. But Devontae Walker is super big. I mean, he's six foot, six foot three, 200. Um, neither one of these guys, by the way, you're one zeros. I just got to mention that, you know, I'm a company man. Uh, but he had a really good year against strong power five competition, including Georgia. He went, he, he put up over a hundred yards against Georgia, which, you know, wasn't as hard as last year to do that as this year, but Devontae Walker, Kent state, uh, Kent state seems to just make good wide receivers, honestly, as far as G fives go, but Corey uh, thoughts on Devontae Walker. Yeah, he was on my list as well. Uh, like you were saying, great size, um, three-star guy did have some power five interest at one point as well, too. If you actually look at his thing from uh, West Virginia at one point. So I don't even know how he ended up at Kent state, but I guess you just ended up there. Ridiculous 40% weighted dominator this year for Kent state, which is, you know, he's kind of stepping in for Dante Cephas, the wide receiver there, who was usually the number one, but he was kind of in and out of the lineup this year. So, um, pretty impressive guy, you know, mainly outside guy. They did kind of use him on sweeps and other plays where they did just kind of want to get the ball in his hands, but mainly an outside guy, not the most sudden athlete I'd say, but definitely a long strider. Like I felt he picked up speed and like, he was like long striding those, the, the, he was separating those legs. Like he was getting speed fast downfield. So I definitely think he's a buildup guy, a guy that can get that kind of speed uh, down the field. Great hands catcher. Um, great ball tracking down the field as well. Plays with a little bit of physicality that I like. That was kind of reminiscent of a guy that we like in Cedric Tillman, where I saw him just kind of, you know, being really physical at the catch point, being really a little physical in his routes as well, which I, I kind of like to see a little bit. I think the NFL likes that. They like a, a guy who's a little bit more physical. Um, he will be a fourth year guy if he does decide to transfer. So it'll be somewhere uh, that I think he really thinks is going to help his draft stock. I'm not too sure where the opportunities are going to lie for him, but he's somewhere I, I, I as well think, um, could could see a big big uh, draft stock rise if he goes somewhere in the Power Five. Tennessee's got a lot of turnover. You just mentioned Cedric Tillman could be a mm-hmm. spot. Um, and then the last guy I want to talk about here from the G five. I talked about him before. It's true freshman running back Ashton Denchi. He's five foot eight, two hundred five, so a little on the smaller side. Call him, I mean, call him like the G five version of Ceh. Pretty much, he led the G five true freshman in rushing. Uh, I think he's a dynamic pass catcher as a one point eight eight dot. 
Uh, he lined up out wide in high school all the time. Um, he just needs to be a little better down the middle. But as far as like complete packages and running backs, it's he's got it. I mean, that's that's kind of huge. And he's been productive as a true freshman, too. So I don't know if he actually leaves the Boise system. Uh, not really too confident about that. But I would love to see him make a jump, maybe to like an air raid offense. Uh, like the first one came to my mind was Texas Tech. I think they could utilize his passing skill set to the, the fullest. Um, but they got Taj Brooks there, who I think is actually a really decent running back. But if Taj Brooks didn't exist, I would definitely be saying Texas Tech mm-hmm. for, for Ashton Genty. No, I like that too. And Tosh Brooks hasn't been as great as maybe some of us might have hoped. And they had they did kind of use a two-back system there. Sort of Thompson's probably going to leave after this year as well. So there could be room for a second running back there. Ashton Genty could be that guy and maybe become the lead guy there if he were to go there. So I do like that call as well. Ashton Genty, friend of the company as well. Um, I, we're kind of running out of time here. I'm just going to mention a, a few other guys on my list here that are just kind of guys that just to watch out for. Okay. Um, Caden Salter quarterback at Liberty. Um, this has kind of been a polarizing guy in the Debbie community, originally committed to Tennessee. Oh, sorry. originally committed to TC as a, as a exciting four-star prospect got dismissed for off field stuff, obviously as well. Ended up going to Liberty to play with coach with head coach Hugh freeze, who is now going over to Auburn and this was kind of the thing I kind of lined up here was, uh, you know, like we were talking about earlier, they don't really have a quarterback thing going on there. I don't think Caden Salter's walking in with a starting job anywhere. But Hugh Freeze knows this guy, talked highly about him guy, uh, him last year, came off the bench last year for Liber- Liberty, did some really nice things before getting injured himself. Um, so maybe he brings him over there, puts him in, into the competition as well. Maybe he gets a little bit of love there. He was an exciting prospect at one point before the off-field injuries. And then um, just another guy, FAU. Uh, you got a guy called Jamal Adreen, a big guy, 6'3", 210, plays really well, Another outside, uh, pretty much an outside guy, kind of reminiscent of Isaiah Nayor a little bit. Um, but just two guys that I thought were kind of interesting just to mention here. Yeah, and that's going to wrap up, you guys. I got to let you guys know we have a very special guest next week. Uh, this is going to be our last of weekly reactions. We're probably going to do it for the bowl games, championship, but for the most part, we're probably going to switch that section to doing like player profiles, just kind of how we talked about Dorian Singer this week. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that. And as always, like and review the show, but only if you like it. Okay, look, like we continue to monitor the YouTube feed for tons of content. But again, review the show only if you like it. If you don't like it, keep that shit to yourself, all right? Uh, I'm Mike. You can find me at Twitter at FF underscore Dirty Mike. You can find co-host Corey here at FF underscore Guitarist on Twitter follow us ask us for ask us for advice ask us for about what we think about prospects like we're both pretty friendly guys go ahead and ask about stuff that's it guys good night and good luck